0: Today, on Bread for the Broken, with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Bread for the
1: now, you need to understand, this is also, Ananias had an opportunity to repent. He did. He did. He just chose not to take it, okay? Which should be, that in and of itself is a good lesson too. Don't put off asking for forgiveness of sin, okay? Do it. Immediately and often, because you might not get an opportunity, all right? So just, you know, if you you mess up, if you, you do something that you know you shouldn't do, then just ask for forgiveness. Just give it to the Lord.
0: Are you quick to seek forgiveness from the Lord? As you listen to today's message from Pastor James, he teaches you about the importance of coming to God as quickly as possible with your mistakes. No one's righteous, not one. That's why Jesus came, so that all might be forgiven through him. Forgiveness is a gift given to you by the Lord. Pastor James urges you to not put off forgiveness. You might not have another day or opportunity. Confess your sins to God, repent, and turn back to Him. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Acts chapter 5 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken.
1: Acts chapter 5, this is the story of Ananias and Sapphira, which I believe their names are like, Ananias is like beautiful, and Sapphira is like the grace of God or something like that. I mean, just like, what beautiful names. Oh man, meaning-wise and all that, it's like, oh, such beautiful names that you're not naming your kid Ananias, it's kind of a weird one anyways, but, or Sapphira, there's no Sapphira's running around the church today, okay, so they're not like beautiful names, yet who they're connected to is, uh, you know, it's a sad, sad reality, but let's look at their story. Here's the contrast to Barnabas. Verse 1 of chapter 5, it says, But there was a certain man named Ananias, who, with his wife Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Okay? So, just so you understand, you put yourself in the story. You're there, this church gathering, and everybody's excited. I mean, it's just amazing. Like, big, you know, tent revival kind of deal. Everybody's just super stoked, and I mean, it's awesome, awesome. And then you got this guy, who Barnabas, who we don't even know how this worked out, but he, had, he sold the property, and he just gives the apostles the money. And so maybe they're like, hey, man, Barnabas just, you know, look at what he did. I don't even know what was going on, but somehow or another, Ananias and Sapphira are aware of what Barnabas has done. And maybe some special attention was paid to him. Maybe he got his own pew. I don't know, right? They're like, Barnabas, this is now your pew? No, they weren't doing that. I don't even, you know, whatever. But um, we don't know. But these guys became somewhat envious of the attention that Barnabas had got. And they're like, well, we got property. Let's sell our property. And we'll give the money to the church, well, we won't give all the money to church. We'll, we'll tell them you know, that we're giving them all the money. But you know, we don't really need to give them all the money. But we'll give them and we'll, just, we'll present ourselves as being, what, super spiritual? We're going to present ourselves as being extra holy? We're going to make ourselves seem like we're the real deal. I believe, just so you understand, and I could be wrong about this, I believe Ananias and Sapphira are believers. I believe they are. I believe they're part of the group that has gotten saved. I believe you'll go to heaven and you may meet these guys. You'll be like, hey, tell me about that Sunday service, right? That was kind of wild. Or maybe it was Saturday for these guys, right? No, it would have been Sundays, first day of the week. Be like, hey, what is that? Um, But here they are and their motives are wrong. The motives are absolutely wrong, completely wrong they're part of the group maybe they're moved by the momentum and the excitement of all of it and they devise they they scheme they create this plan of how they're going to make themselves appear to be good church people i don't know so they they bring it and so here's here's the thing i mean they're they're literally bringing it's ananias he's bringing this money to the apostles and there's peter verse 3 it says um Peter says, "Uh, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? (laughs) So please, if you can, transport yourself into this story standing maybe right next to Peter or right next to Ananias. As Ananias steps up and Peter's like, dude, why'd you let Satan in on your heart? And I'd be like, what? I'm like, oh, this is weird. This isn't how I was expecting this to go. Like, you talk about a bummer in a church service. That's like, you don't ever want to hear that from anybody. You show up and you're like, I'm just going to write my check and drop it in there. And if somebody comes up and they're like, man, why do you let Satan fill your heart? You're like, what? <laughs> what? Well, that's a little offensive. Um, in this story, that's absolutely true. Paul or Peter has like a word of knowledge filled with the Holy Spirit, maybe a word of knowledge. He's like, um, and I "I got a question for you. Why'd you let Satan in? Why'd you let him in? Why'd you let him into your heart? Why'd you give Satan space in your heart? Now, he can't be controlled by Satan in that sense or possessed by the, I believe this guy's a believer. His heart is a temple of God, but he can be manipulated by Satan And he has given his ear over to Satan. Now, how did all that work? I have no idea. I just know that maybe there was something in his past, maybe a sin in in his past that he never really dealt with. And maybe that was the foothold that Satan needed to try to bring trouble into the church. I don't know. Maybe greed was a part of his, really the sin here is hypocrisy. Let's just call it what it is. It's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, if you don't know what that word means, it's technically, it's Hoopo uh, Christ or something like that. But it's when, uh, when you'd put on a play, uh, actors would wear masks, and oftentimes these masks would be exaggerated because the people in the cheap, did the cheap seats, you know, the nosebleeds, they needed to be able to see what was going on. So sometimes these masks would be huge, but you'd wear the mask to be that character. But the reality is you're not that person. That's hypocrite. That's, uh, that's the main, you know, that's one of the main complaints about church, right? I don't want to go to church because that's where all the hypocrites are. It's like, well, there's room for more, okay? I mean, what do you want? Like, what? tell me where hypocrites are not at in this world. Come on, seriously. You know, yeah, we, yeah. Do we wear masks? Yes, of course we wear masks. Do we pretend to be something at times that we're not? Yeah. Do you wrestle with sin? Of course, Absolutely. Do I put on a front sometimes? Yes. Absolutely. Is that wrong? Absolutely. That's sin. And I have to go to God and repent of that. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's times in my life where I do that. I'm not going to lie to you. That's real. You do it too. Welcome to church. You do it too. Now, do we want Is that No, it's not a cop-out. It's not an excuse. You want to do that less, less. And the more honest you are about it, the easier it gets to, to not even put on the mask. What you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. And that's my philosophy in life. That's how I want to live my life as as transparent as I possibly can be. But you better understand that this, the sin that these guys are committing is a sin that we so often practice in our own lives. I mean, If we're real about it. Praise God, what happens to these guys isn't happening today in church. This church, who would even be left? This pulpit would be empty, I'm telling you right now. Like, you'd have to find some other pastor, okay? Because praise God, this is a one-time example that God is going to deal with sin severely to set the precedent for this new church. It's hypocrisy, they're trying to be, they're trying to, you know, pretend that, that there's something when they're not really that. And Peter calls them out on it. He's like, why did you let Satan fill your heart? Why have you allowed him to fill your heart? He goes on to say, you, Ananias, you lied to the Holy Spirit. I love that. Peter, there's Peter as like the representation of the church, and he, he being filled with the Spirit. He you know, addresses this beautifully. He's like, you're not lying to me. You're not, It's this is this has nothing to do with me. You may want to pretend like you're something else to impress me, but you're not lying to me. You're lying to him. And that's the biggest issue. And that's what Peter's saying. He's like, you lied to the Holy Spirit. Number one, placing a physical characteristic on the Holy Spirit. He is a person. You can only lie to people right? You can go outside and you can lie to like a rock or a tree. It's not going to affect them. It's 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 not like, no, you lie to people. You deceive people. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is not a ghost kind of deal. He is a person, right? We can talk about that for days on end. But we'll get into some of that stuff, too. But he is the third part of the triune God. And Peter says, you're lying to the Holy Spirit. You're lying to the Holy Spirit. He says, and you kept some of the money for yourself. He called him out. He, I mean, how did he even know that, the Holy Spirit? I mean, boom, right there. He called him out. He's like, dude, what are you doing? What, why are you lying to God? You know this isn't all the money. And the issue is not even about the money. This is what's so sad about this. Peter goes on, he goes on to tell him, he says, listen, um, verse 4, the property was yours to sell or not sell. Nobody asked you to sell it. It was yours. He says, you could sell it or not sell it as you wish. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. So, okay, so you sold it. You didn't have to give the money. You, you didn't have to give it. Nobody asked you for the money. Nobody asked you to sell your property. Nobody asked you to donate all the money to the church. Nobody asked you to do this. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. And there again, placing emphasis on the fact that the Holy Spirit and God, one and the same, okay? So calls them out. I mean, my goodness, you, the church is gathered here comes Ananias on the stage, and he's like, man, I got this gift. God's, God's put this on my heart to sell property. And here it is, all to Jesus. I surrender all. I surrender all to Jesus. And it's like, well, be, you'll think about that song the next time you sing it, right? You're like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to lie. Um, yeah, no, but here he is saying, I, I give it all. I give it all for God, for the glory of God. Here he goes. And Peter's like, um wrong. Why are you lying? Why are you trying to impress us? What's the deal, Ananias? You're lying to God. Why are you doing that? Can you imagine being in that church service? Can you imagine what happens next? Being in that church service and what happens next? Look at this. It says, as soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. (laughs) Like, dropped dead. Like, God took him out. Could have called this sermon God Kills Sinners, but I didn't think that that would communicate too well. Like, that's, yeah, advertise that one out there. Like, hey, this Sunday we're going to talk about how God destroys sinners or kills liars. You're like, nah, I don't want to go. No, praise God that this is a, this is kind of like a, um, Joshua chapter 7 um, with Achan, kind of a deal, right? You guys remember that story? Joshua's leading the children of Israel into the promised land. They march around Jericho. The walls come tumbling down. And God says, listen, listen, you've got this great victory. Uh, but there's some things that I don't want you to touch. There's some things that I do not want you to touch. And here's this guy, Achan, who's like, but they're so shiny and pretty, He's like, how can I not touch these things? He's like, oh, this gold. He's like, it would be such a waste to leave it here. And so he stole some and he hid it in his tent with his family knowing all about it. And then they go on to Ai, this small little village, 3,000 warriors, not even a match compared to Israel. And Israel gets their booties kicked. Why? Because of one man and his sin. There was sin in the camp. And Joshua and the leaders are on their face before God, and they're like, how can this be? We lost. Men died. Men died. How can this be? And God says, get off your face. There's sin in the camp. You purify yourself, and I'll reveal who it is. Can you imagine the tense, like the, how tense that would be uh, at that point in time as they're going by tribe by tribe figuring out, like, okay, who is it? And then you find the right tribe, and then you find the right family, and then you find the right tent. And they're, like, standing at, a- at Achan's door, and they're, like, what have you done? Your selfishness, your hypocrisy has cost people their lives. They drug him out of the city, the town, killed him and his family. They were making... God was going to make a point to this new nation of Israel going into this promised land, I don't deal with sin lightly. Sin is a big thing. It's a big deal. It is absolutely a big deal. Now, you have many more stories after that where people were doing essentially the same thing, and, got, and they weren't drug out of their tents and killed. You have church history where people are still being hypocrites, believers still being hypocrites within the church, and God is not striking them dead. He is setting a precedence, and it's something that we should all get as a church. God will deal with sin. It will deal with sin. And you need to understand this as well. Somebody may not physically die in church because of their hypocrisy, but spiritually, if that is you, there will be death. There will be death. It will catch up to you. It will. It always does. It always does. We we reap what we sow, and that's why I would encourage you, I would strongly encourage you you continually go before the Lord and say, all right, Lord, please forgive me for my sins. Please forgive me for my sins. Please. I'm a sinner. I know I am. I I have sins that I'm not even aware of. Can you please purge my heart? Search me and know my heart. Like, if there's any wicked way within me, Lord, reveal that. So what? So that I can confess that. So I can own up to that, Lord. And Lord, I just want you to forgive me for my sins. This should be an attitude of our hearts continually. If you think you're at a place where you don't have to do that anymore, I'm gonna take a step back from you, okay? Because we don't have this ministry established yet. You know, the young men who carry out the dead bodies, um, we're not even looking to start that as a ministry, okay? But you need to be aware of the fact that you're a sinner in need of salvation, not salvation, you, hopefully you have that, but you, you need forgiveness daily, daily, Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. I'm not saying you're like this makes you, this just makes you a real person. Okay? It's not about being a bad person or it makes me feel bad. Well, okay. Um, It's not about being a bad person or a good person. It's about being a real person, okay? Who struggles with sin. And you have this real Savior who's like, listen, come to me, all who who labor and are heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Like, that's, that's work, that's religion, that's, that's everything. Go to him and say, all right, Lord, here it is. Here it is. And Ananias and Sapphira, they're not living a life like that. Um, they're there to impress people and to make it, probably to make a name for themselves or whatever. I don't know, but this dude drops dead right there in the middle of church. He drops dead. Uh, it says, everyone who heard about it was terrified. Of course, you, yeah, absolutely. Imagine, again, being at that church service where you're like, um, what did we sign up for? Uh, how does this work? Like, um, <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't, but it's, it's not, he's not killing everybody. It's these guys who are willing to stand before God himself and say, here I am. I'm going to pretend to be this, although I know this isn't really who I am. Hypocrite. Verse 6, it says, some of the young men got up, wrapped them up in a sheet, and took them out and buried them. See, there's that ministry. The, the, <laughs> you are like, oh, don't, please don't have a sign-up for that one. No, we're not looking for a sign-up sheet for that one. Uh, praise God that that is, it's not a need anymore, okay? It's not. About three hours later, Sapphira, his wife, came in not knowing what had happened. So it's like three hours. She's like, man, he's been at, he's been at church for a long time. Must be a really good thing happening down at church. Um, I know he was going to go present this gift to them, and I, I'm, a, I'm probably missing out on the party. Like, where's my husband at? I, we have no idea. But three hours pass, and she has no clue. She has no clue at all. She came in not knowing what happened. Peter asked her, um, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Now, you need to understand, this is also, Ananias had an opportunity to repent. He did. He did. He just chose not to take it, okay? Which should be, that in and of itself is a good lesson too. Don't put off asking for forgiveness of sin, okay? Do it immediately and often because you might not get an opportunity, all right? So just, you know... If you you mess up, if you you do something that you know you shouldn't do, then just ask for forgiveness. Just give it to the Lord. Here's her opportunity. Here's her way out. He's like, listen, um, so about this gift, Uh, was was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? She has no clue what has happened to her husband. He's like, how is it that you two are in on this together? You're you're conspiring to test the Lord. You guys are coming together to go against God. The young men who buried your husband are out, are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. What a pronouncement! What a proclamation! She's like, wait, no, wait, what? What? Like the young men who did what? Oh yeah, they buried your husband. He's dead. He's dead. And they're going to take you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. Her life was no more. And you could be thinking about the story, and you're thinking, like, this is too harsh. This is too harsh. How can God take these two people out like this? This is too harsh. I would say if that's our response, we don't really understand what sin is. We don't really get it. Now, I can, I can understand that sentiment. I can understand that, that thinking of, like, man, this just seems, like, extreme, It seems like extreme, but here you have this new church that is just, I mean, it's just started, and this is is Satan trying to get his foot inside this thing to completely disrupt this thing, and he's found two willing people to kind of get in and to mess it all up, and what's the Lord supposed to do? I'll just overlook it. You know, maybe they don't know. I'll turn a blind eye to it, and maybe they'll just get better as they go. No, he's going to set a precedent from the very beginning. He's like, no, this is not okay. This is not okay. And so for you as a church, you're going to see that this is not okay. And he's gone, and she's gone. Now, if you look at the bigger picture, if they are believers, they're doing fine. They're okay, all right? That's a wasted life due to hypocrisy. But they're okay. They're okay. But this is God saying, no, I will deal with sin in my church however I want to deal with sin in my church. And let's not forget that not too long before this that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for all of the sins, their sin, their hypocrisy included. And so if you want to show up and spit in God's face, He might deal with you however he wants to because that's essentially what they're doing. They are lying to God. They're trying to pull a fast one on him. God's like, no, no, I will not allow this to happen. I'm gonna teach you a lesson at the very beginning of it and let this be a lesson for you all. And again, you can praise God that you're not Ananias and you're not Sapphira and that you're here today And what? Should you, no, we should do away with all, we should, no more mask, right? Like, no more mask, that's silly, that's, that's silly. If anything, man, I read through this story and I'm like, Jesus, um, man, I just need you more. I really appreciate your grace. I really appreciate grace. I really appreciate mercy. I appreciate that you give me things that I don't deserve, and I appreciate that you hold back from me the things that I do deserve. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Praise God. That he's so loving. And the one thing, and just so we understand this, sin separates. It separates. And here's Creator God who has created us, formed us, fashioned us. The very garden where Satan, look, he slithered his way into that scenario and what? Tried to disrupt the whole thing. Sin was introduced and it caused the separation.
0: That's all we have time for today at Bread for the Broken. But we're so glad that you joined us as Pastor James continues through the book of Acts. This book is a powerful representation of how the church first began. It contains a variety of snapshots into effective ways of sharing the gospel. Some apostles shared in large groups, while others taught in more intimate settings. Some taught the gospel through words, and others shared through signs and wonders. Do you wrestle with sharing who Jesus is? Be encouraged. As long as you're teaching the hope and truth of Jesus, there is no wrong way. If you'd like prayer in this area, we would love to pray for you. Visit breadforthebroken.com, click on the contact tab, and let us know how we can be praying. If you'd like to listen to more teachings like this, you can find them too when you visit breadforthebroken.com. Just click on the teachings tab. You'll also be able to learn more about Calvary Galveston at our website, as well as find directions to our location. Calvary Galveston is a church of ordinary people seeking to live as Jesus did. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. So if you're ever in the Galveston area, we would love to meet you. Our atmosphere is relaxed, so just come as you are. You can find out more and get directions on our website. Again, that's breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for listening to Pastor James's teaching today. Know that we're praying for you, and we hope you'll join us to continue digging into the book of Acts next time on Bread for the Broken.